You have now arrived at Stadium and Gale. Another episode of Stadium Miguel is your favorite Uncle Silk and Dan. No Nicholas today, man. We got some baseball and some rain delays and some lightning. Uh, same corner, same time. How you feeling, Daniel? I'm feeling great, man. It's a uh, it's a three year anniversary show for us. Mm. Uh, an exciting an exciting three years. I want to go over some of your favorite memories here in a second, but we don't have Nick right now. He may be joining us uh, a little bit later, as everybody knows. Uh, we record on Monday nights. Baseball is currently in a rain delay. Uh, and lightning delay for the quite foreseeable future. So as they try to get all of that sorted out, that also uh, has uh, put an interruption in our uh, interview with Scott Strickland that we had planned for today. Uh, So we'll get that in the works for the next couple weeks uh, as well. But obviously uh, bigger priorities uh, and bigger fish to fry for both of them right now. But Silk, before we get into some of our favorite three-year memories of Stadium and Gale, which is hard to believe, how's your weekend, my friend? Uh, my weekend was great. I had some rain delays as well this weekend, some lightning delays, but um, the proceedings proceeded. Uh, after the hurricane, we had a five-hour hurricane, like weather, five-hour yeah. bad weather, not a hurricane. But once that weather subsided, man, it was beautiful. Uh, went out to the beach, relaxed. I just did some business. Um, last week, I had Janoris in the building. Uh, I was just riding off that high, man. Janoris Jenkins, Gator legend, uh, Muck legend, 561 legend pulled up yeah. and we had quite the interview, man. Can't wait to release that episode. Uh, very candid. Got some information about his whole stay at University of Florida. A lot of the uh, Aaron Hernandez stuff, the Giants stuff with, with uh, his brother. Mm. You know, that incident that happened in his basement. We got we got real, you know, and I'll let everybody check it out. I won't say I, too much detail. I listened to quite the, uh, quite the interview. I listened to your show, uh, Big Three Roll Up on, or the Roll Up on Friday when you when you went over everything, uh, and I had completely forgot about that incident with the Giants. Um, that that right. was something that you know sat in the back of my mind, uh, but but was erased for a while until you brought it back up, and that's obviously a wild story. I'm interested, obviously, to hear how you guys break that down. And if I remember correctly, you said you guys sat down for almost two hours, huh? Almost two hours, bro. Uh, just crazy. had a, a great time. After he, we, we sat. He was there for longer than two hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, the event was done. You know, we cleaning up, cut the lights on. He, him and his daughter hung out for another hour. I thought he was gonna grab the broom and start sweeping up and helping us get the place together. Man, uh, came back the next day to pick up some Kushaw's merch and, and whatnot. Uh, I wasn't even in the building. Wow. Uh, he's like, hey man, I left my, my shirt. Can I go over there and swing? Out. Next thing you know, I see pictures of him just chilling with my boys over at the Kushaw's. Uh, just a, a very humble dude, down to earth dude, man. Just a real part, a real dude, man. Um, it's a lot you get, you don't get. If, if mm-hmm. you haven't heard Janoris in an interview, mm-hmm. uh, it's hard. Like he wasn't real, like outgoing while he was at the University of Florida. So the guy to get him in that that atmosphere, he was very comfortable. Uh, real cool dude, man. Had a great time. Yeah, and obviously one of the best DBs in UF history, in my opinion. Um, you know, outside of, of everything that happened during the, the first year of Muschamp, uh, you know, was a guy that came on a campus as a freshman, uh, was mm. battling Joe Hayden and, and battling some some real dudes on campus and came and earned that starting spot. And in my opinion, you know, no matter how everything shook out, you know, over the course of his career went down, in my opinion, is, is probably a top 10 
uh, defensive back at the University of Florida, which is saying a lot for a guy that only played a few years uh, under the I mean, logo. Three, but three epic years, man. Three uh, epic, that, that, oh, yeah. that senior year would have been uh, the, the final with, with Munchamp. Um, the marijuana got him tossed out of there. But, yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, three epic years. He wore the number one. Did some legendary mm-hmm. things on this campus, man. Uh, I got him in my top two cornerbacks all the time. Yeah, the Jackrabbit, man. I'll, I'll tell you why. I loved watching him play. Uh, obviously, he's had a great NFL career, too. I think that we were talking about it last week. I think he – about 10 years in the NFL as well. So 10 I mean, years. Yep. That, that's, that's incredible. Uh, that puts you in probably the top, you know, one or 2% of all NFL players of all time too. So uh, dude, that's awesome, man. As always, I, I try to pump your tires a lot, but that's a hell of an interview and excited to, uh, to listen uh, and follow up on, on what you guys were able to talk about. Um, Appreciate we, that, brother. Absolutely, man. We got uh, Carl Johnson joining us today. Uh, and then we got Ryan, who's the CEO of the Swamp Restaurant, uh, joining yeah. us as well. They've got some some big announcements. Obviously, that's one of Silk and I's favorite restaurants oh, from uh, <laughs> both Sorry times that. Uh, that I was an undergrad and then postgrad. And then Silk obviously has some memories. So excited to go down memory lane with Ryan. But Silk, we've been doing this for three years, my friend. Uh, you know, dates back to March of 2019 or May of 2019. Pardon me, when you reached out and said, Hey, I want to do a, a team specific podcast about the Florida Gators. And it was me, you and Ahmad black. And in three years, we've had some elite guests, some elite times, uh, obviously some incredible interviews and experiences, but looking back on those three years, uh, Silk, what are some of your favorite memories and some of your favorite interviews? Oh man. So it's, it's a, it's a ton. But yeah, I originally reached out to you. I was I was on the roll up. I was just heavily frustrated with just you know arguing and nitpicking every for hours every show. I was like, bro, I just really want to get into my Gator bag. So I gotta, I'm gonna start my own thing and just want I want to talk about Gator. Plus, I had some Gator fans telling me, hey man, I want we need more Gator info. Um, could you guys talk more of that or Corey? Could you do a live? And I was like, man, I'm not doing all that different stuff. I do a podcast that makes sense. Uh, I had already been. A, a, thinking about mulling over the idea of working with Dan. Uh, so I just reached out, seen, seen what was up. Uh, same thing with Ahmad, and then we just got it going. But uh, memories, bro, I mean, we had so many great topics. I mean, from the mm-hmm. play cousin thing um, to, to to having Urban Meyer on. Mm-hmm. I mean, you named Chris Rainey interview was was insane. Um, we had one of the week. That, that, was, that, was week. <laughs> that was fun. That was a nice run. Uh, we had a mod. He played uh, the song of the week through his iPhone three one time. Yeah. Uh, so that was <laughs> that was awesome. What else we have? We had the uh, the interview with Matt Baker. Uh, oh, that was that was a good. One. I forgot about that one. That had the internet heated. Uh, let's see what else did we have? Uh, we had Tim Brewster uh, interview when he came over. Uh, that was before he had done any media at all uh, when he was signed and. Uh, him and Tony McRae had that interview. And, and that's actually our, our most listened to episode of all time. Uh, but looking back, obviously, the Chris Rainey interview uh, was incredible. Uh, Ross Dellinger, we had a great episode with him uh, breaking down the Billy Napier hire. And that was great. Um, you know, but we had almost the entire coaching staff of the last we had, uh, we had, staff. We, had my man. we just had AD on. I know we were supposed to get Strickland on, but we yeah. had – Jeremy we Foley, had Foley on. on, man. We just had we've had the legends. Uh, we've yeah. had pretty much Tebow and Spurrier are, are, are the, really the top of the uh, yep top of the hierarchy who we really missing. But we've had some goats on this on this show, man. Yeah, um, we've had uh, we've had Jacquez Green and Redell Anthony. I don't think we'll be able to get Ike. Uh, we had Wes Chandler on. That was a great interview. Uh, that was yeah. the same episode as Urban Meyer. 
Uh, let's see. I'm trying to look back to see who yeah, else. My pop told me we should have ran West by himself. He was like, man, y'all, West deserved his own show. Uh, well, y'all beat y'all, y'all, y'all beat y'all, y'all, bunch of y'all, big time to, y'all big time, to, <laughs> big, y'all big time seriously with Urban Meyer on the show, man. But uh, that was a great conversation as well with West. Yeah, we had Carlos Alvarez. That was a great interview. Um, I remember Sharif Floyd. That was early on. Uh, that was really a great interview. Uh, Channing Crowder. Uh, I mean, Lito Shepard, Tony George. I mean, I think if you just go down the list of people that we are fortunate enough to have, it's been uh, absolutely incredible. It's been humbling. Um, and, and I don't I don't think, Silk, when you and I started this, that I ever knew that we would get the likes of a you know, Danny Werfel to hop on, you know, 10, 12 right. episodes in, right. Or to, you know, really break down with, you know, Joey Ivy and what, what he was up to. I'm just looking back at, at past guests and uh, we had, you know, Maurice Spates on um, we'd Gavin Dickey breaking it down. We had some name, we had the guy from Duke's Mayo bowl on. Right. Uh, we, we just, we kind of ran through, uh, so many different angles and had so and many I promise great- you nobody's having better conversations than us like we we, we take we take interviews serious everybody have a different style of podcast yeah. and um uh, and every, and all facets of this is needed but at the roll-up network and on stadium Miguel we, we have a different style and a different energy and culture of podcasts and we slow things down we have conversations we like to get personable about our ourselves show our personality so we do things a little differently around mm-hmm. here and um it's been a heck of a run. Three years in, haven't missed the Tuesday, same corner, same time. You know, consistency, man. And we, I appreciate the fans for holding this down. Oh, uh, there's some fans on even like there's some Gator fans that just realizing that I had the roll up this year, and I was like, what the hell? Yeah, uh, because they, a lot of Gator fans found out from yeah. found me from through Stadium Miguel. Um, not not the roll up. So, uh, Stadium Miguel is is just as big as the roll up when you look at like the numbers and everything. It's a, it's yeah. a juggernaut, man. Absolutely. to that. Oh, oh, over a couple million listens, over 180 episodes, uh, and we have Carl Johnson waiting. So we'll wrap up this uh, this portion here. A second, uh, I think I was looking the other day. We've been listened to in over 115 different countries, uh, mm. which is just incredible. I mean, really, thank you everybody for listening. Same corner, same time, each and every week for the last three years, and we're excited to keep going. Uh, But before we bring Carl on, as always, we want to give a shout out to our friend Alan Horn with Alan Horn Insurance. If you live in Florida, Georgia, Tennessee, or Alabama, give Alan a call. Uh, If you're looking for auto, home, renters, life, business insurance, or retirement planning, 706-692-2888 and visit him at allenhorninsurance.com. Again, 706-692-2888. And without further ado, we welcome a legend on the Florida Gators offensive line, Carl Johnson. How are you doing tonight, my friend? Good. How are you guys? Good, man. man. First and foremost, let me apologize for last Monday. I had my entire family, my wife's family, my family over and I just totally forgot. I'm so sorry. No, nah, it happens, man. It was a holiday. Uh, we, we didn't hold – the fans w- was on our, at our neck. Like, yo, y'all pump faked us with, with, with Carl Johnson. What's up with that? But, yeah. Uh, um, I, like, again, I apologize. Um, all good, bro. Be family yeah. man. So, um, And then Memorial Day is big in my family. I had a grandfather who was an airborne um, paratrooper in Vietnam. So uh, Memorial Day kind of really hits, hits hard for us. Uh, you know, the morning is spent really mourning soldiers. Uh, I tell my kids, 
Uh, someone died that don't even know you, so you've got the opportunity to sit on your butt today. Um, someone died so you can eat pizza and grill out. Absolutely. Um, I made the ultimate sacrifice. You know, my grandfather did two tours of Vietnam, went back because of mm. what, you know, felt his men, his fellow brethren going through. So I had no choice but to uh, dedicate the first half of that day to those men who uh, who are gone uh, but never forgotten. Absolutely. That's well awesome. said. Very, very well said, and and it would be, uh, I would be remiss to to not mention on today, today, uh, June sixth, nineteen forty four was D Day. Uh, my grandfather uh, served at D Day, so again, uh, thank you, um, those that that served and and those that paid the ultimate sacrifice for our country. So thanks, Carl, for for bringing that up and mentioning that um, as well. Um, but it's it's good to have you on, and certainly no sweat. More excited to to chat with you and get to know you a little bit more. Uh, Carl, you were a guy, uh, we're the same age. So when I was coming in uh, to UF, you, we had an, an elite recruiting class. Um, you had Tim Tebow and Brandon Spikes. You had Percy Harvin. You had, uh, who was, oh, Jared Faison. And then you had Carl Johnson in that class, man. Tell us a little bit about how you ultimately decided on UF and what being a part of that recruiting class uh, was like for you. Um, being from North Carolina, um, I actually didn't know anything about the University of Florida. We we're ACC country, you know, almost competitive conference. <laughs> um, so we watched ACC football, Carolina football, Wake Forest, Duke, NC State. Um, my father was my head coach and O-line coach. So he comes mm. from the coaching clinic from Florida. I was like, hey, man, you know, I was the number one lineman in the nation. I, honestly, I was going to Duke. No one had known, but I was going to Duke University. Like, we had already, like, pretty much. Play point guard? What are you going to do? the radar um i'm just from durham tobacco road is literally a stone's throw from the crib you know i love mama's cooking you can't beat it so i was <laughs> literally going to duke like no one known i had the grades academically i was prepared and i was like i'm gonna go to duke it's right down the street from the crib and then literally like two months before i committed my dad comes home from the summer camp from florida and goes hey man you need to check out this school named florida i'm like florida so i look it up um, it was Ron Zook. I think they went like seven and four or seven and six. I was like, ain't no way I'm going there. <laughs> because in my high school in Southern Durham, I lost four games in four years. Um, we were like a parental power um, in North Carolina. Right. We up there with Charlotte Independence. So I was like, there's no way I'm going to Florida. And um, so he said, hey, man, let's just take a trip. I think it was like June or July. I took my first trip down here and I was like, I was, I've never seen palm trees. You know what I mean? Like I'm from mm. tobacco road on a farm. So I'm like, what are these? My dad's like, man, these palm trees. Da, 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 da. So I never seen it. I've seen palm trees, but I've never seen it on a campus. You know, it's always at a pool or like a resort or Jamaica. Right. So I'm like, they live like this. He like, yeah, man, this every day. So then I came back during the season and they took us to Lake Wahlberg. And that's the first time I really like, seeing like an open giant lake you know i'm from north carolina i've seen falls lake but like never like the scenery of of lake Wahlberg. Mm -hmm. and at once i saw it something inside me was like you're going here so i walked up to coach meyer and i said hey coach i want to commit to florida and he just got emotional you know the number one lineman in the nation just committed to florida and then um i think i came to the tennessee game and I, it's also in tebow's book this part i went up to tebow and i said if you come to Florida, I'll build you the greatest O-line in UF history. And he said, okay. And then a couple months later, he committed. And then I got mm. on the phone, and the rest is history. 
Real quick, how did what was the process like to becoming the number one offensive tackle in the country? Like that that's, that comes with a lot of work, a lot of camps. Uh, what, how early in the process actually, did you start playing football? Actually, I didn't do any camps. My dad didn't believe in camps. He, my dad's mm-hmm. old school, so he was like a Clemson legendary Clemson player. Mm-hmm. Um, so he kind of already known the ropes. You know, he already knew what it took, what was inclined, what was the future like. So I, I think I went to like the Nike League camp and then like a Scout.com camp. That was it. I did. That's the only camps I went to. Um, it was just grinding. Like, um, you got to like the work. You got to like to get out there and, and bust your butt. I remember I was like 12 years old and we're watching Florida State versus Wake Forest. And um, i never forget it. I'm laying on the floor in the living room in North Carolina. And I tell my dad, I said, I want to do this. He goes, it's going to be a lot of work. But if you listen to me, you'll be the best. So I get up. He didn't know what I was doing. I get up. I go in my room. I change. I come back downstairs. I say, can we go in the garage and put some work in? And he was shocked. You know, like, what? This is a 12-year-old. And when every day since then, we put in work. Until I became a Parade All-American. I was the first Gatorade player in the history of North Carolina. Um, I just took the torch and ran. You know, um, I had a father who showed me the way, but also never cursed me, never belittled me, never berated me. It's always love and positive motivation. Um, so it was, it was really easy to be great when you have a strong male leader like that. Man, that's beautiful. Um, I get we'll get into that uh, a little bit later. But uh, Urban Myers recruiting. Uh, you you didn't he had to do a lot of recruiting with you. Uh, but once on campus, he has a process of de-recruiting. What was that process like when you got on campus? Um, it was a rude awakening because you know they uh they sell you the, the lollipops and cupcakes before they get you on campus. And um, biggest thing for me that took a long time to really like get over mentally. One was the heat from North Carolina. Um, that heat from Florida is just different. It really took me about a year. And then two, the way they verbally talk to you. Um, again, since I was like 10 years old, I had a father that never cursed, never berated, never belittled. So, you know, Dan Gummit, you know, my dad came up in the Danny Ford era. So it's Dan Gummit, Chuck, Chuck, yeah. it, you know, <laughs> what in the ham sandwich you doing, boy? <laughs> <laughs> and then I yeah, yeah. In Florida, in Florida, we didn't get that from coaches, man. They curse you, to, they curse you out, bro. You yeah, yeah, yeah dude. And, uh, coming from a father who never cursed. Right. And then you get an MF, you fat slob. It literally <laughs> like reset me mentally. Like um yeah. it like knocked me down on like a self-esteem pole. So it took me like a year and my father to kind of like walk me through that phase because like I have never been talked to like that. So my mm-hmm. my reaction to that type of verbiage was say it back to the coaches, which we all know like the old South coaches don't like you talking back to them. So it took me about a year. It took me from the spring of 07 to no 06 to like the spring of 07. And then I kind of got my legs underneath me. Carl, you uh you redshirted that that first year when the Gators did, you know won the national championship for the first of your year two. What was that experience like? You go from from being a parade all-American, you're a five-star, number one ranked offensive lineman in the country. Um, and then your first year, you're redshirted. Did you know you were gonna be redshirted? And then but but ultimately mentally, what's that like uh during your first year? Um, I mean, to be honest, like I, I wanted to transfer like a month after coming into mm-hmm. to the University of Florida. Um I called my parents, um, I called my dad because he knew the rules. And um, he was just like, oh, you already went to your first class. You got to sit out. But we were going to do the hardship because being mm-hmm. from North Carolina, um, coming down. But it was really due to the coaches, how Urban just treated people and talked to you. Um, and then, like, my life story, I was adopted. Um, mm-hmm. So I was adopted at nine to my parents that I called oh, my wow. dad. Um, 
Um, so like I came from a really abusive, like bio mother, like, I mean, extremely abusive dude. Like I can't even, I have a Netflix story coming out about it. Like crazy abusive, wow. crazy abusive. So like when I got to Florida and the way they talked to me, they kind of took me back to like an eight year old, seven year old getting abused. Yeah. So, um, it took me a little bit to kind of get over that mental hurdle. And so I wanted to transfer cause I was like, dad, they just mean, they just nasty to me. They like, they used to call me BFC, big fat Carl just because I was bigger than everyone. Um, so it like, it like took a long mental hurdle, but then my dad was like gone in at the end of 06 red shirting. And I was like, I want to transfer. I want to be here. I want to leave. And he was like, Oh man, you're going to, you're going to hurt recruiting there. How would it look? You know, urban can't satisfy the number one lineman in the nation. And I'm still friends with like Andre Smith and them, you know, I'm talking to him right. and he just shows up to Alabama and start playing. They like embrace him. Like, Hey, you the guy come on, you know, be the guy for us. And then I come to Florida. They like, you ain't shit. You garbage. And I'm like, how am I garbage? I'm the new one. Lineman. <laughs> right. But that's how they treated you. Yeah. So um, after my dad was like, Hey man, this is like everywhere you go. And then he kind of was like, every spring we would go to the keys to kind of reset my mind. And he would just talk to me. He would, he had, he had a strong message. Just listen to what they saying, not how they're saying, you know, get the message out of it. Like um, he would always say, you're going to go through hell no matter what, so get some out of it. Hmm. Um, so I just had to reset my mind and, and, and start playing football and letting them see, like, why I was so highly recruited. Hmm. And then, like, the the verbiage kind of – as I became that guy, they kind of slowed down of their harsh treatment. Hmm. Did you notice that with, with a lot of players that came on campus? I mean, was it – a de-recruitment process for everybody did you feel targeted at all or was it oh uh, i don't i don't want to say everybody i would say the more ghetto-ish you were the less they kind of mess with you if they knew mm. you were gonna like buck you know like, <laughs> they do with a guy that will buck versus the guy yeah, that yeah, yeah um they knew kids who came from suburbia wouldn't buck and i was like a suburbia mm. kid so they kind of knew like oh he just gonna kind of take it but um like as i became that guy i kind of i kind of like made them eat it because I came more and more rebellious as I got older mm. and older and better and better. I kind of started bucking on them, which they, you know, you know how they paint you as a character mm -hmm. guy as you kind of find your own manhood. Like I had a father who was like, be a man, stand on what you believe in. He always tell us never bite your tongue. Cause you should never like the way it tastes. So as right. I start expressing my to them, they didn't really like it. But um, yeah, I would say majority of the players, majority of the teams had a D I would call it briefing phase. Um, like the military, they had to kind of knock you back into reality. Because some of us came in a little little big-headed. Mm -hmm. hmm. So, Carl, your your first year, um, you redshirt, you guys won a national championship. And then after that, uh, you know, the, the offensive line that you talked about, obviously there's a lot of graduations, uh, you know, after that that national championship. And then the year after um, you start Tebow's Heisman, are you, you start playing uh, Tebow's Heisman year. And then over the next, you know, couple of years, you guys do create one of the best offensive lines uh, in UF history uh, with the pounces and the, the rest of the gang. How did that all begin to mesh and, and how did you guys ultimately become such a good unit? Cause obviously you guys had a lot of great players, but you guys were a consistently and highly rated unit beyond just individual players. Um, I would say through suffering together, um, mm. you know, as a collegiate athlete, you kind of like go through it with your brethren. Um, so we were watching like Metter, Jason Watt, Jim Tart, Drew Miller. I mean, I'm not, no, no guys, if they're listening or their family, tell them like, we love them, but damn it. I knew since a freshman, I was better than them. I'm pretty sure the Pounceys knew they were better than them. Marcus mm -hmm. knew better than them. 
But, like, you know, no disrespect to Steve Adazio, I don't really think he coached any real talent before. I think we was his first group of talent. He's a mm-hmm. grinder. You know, he comes from uh, Indiana, you know, all these small schools where you had to develop linemen. You know, you had to kind of, like, create create them. He was the first time in Florida where he got, like, athletes who just so happened to be O-linemen. Um, versus you got to develop us. We literally was just naturally – we were D linemen who were too fat and hated to run. We were aggressive. <laughs> right. We liked to fight. We were all we were down for whatever smoke you had. We were like all five of us like, yeah, come on. We'll, we'll jump you together as a group. We down. We'll fight you in the locker room. We'll fight you on the field. So we had like a defensive mind mentality as old linemen. Um, so I think like how Adazio kind of like grinded into us, it kind of like made us like – be around each other more, depend on each other more, vent to each other more. Um, so then as we got to playing, we had already went through the worst of it, like red shirting. Like, think of Mike Pouncey, man. They had the, a first-round draft pick playing D-line as a freshman. Like, come on. Like, and these right. are the elite coaches. Um, it's talent. they never seen talent like that before. Mm-hmm. So it's like, well, hell, what do we do? Just put them in where you can fit them in. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and then after that whole – 07 season after losing um because i came in like third i think oh miss game i came in after jim tart got hurt and marcus got hurt um they finally let me play and then i just went crazy like i refused to let it go you know what i mean and i had a broken wrist like while going nuts out there um and then i think going into 08 we had already had went through the thick of it with each other so then it was more like, all right, guys, we know what it takes. And then, like, those 06 guys kind of let us know that this was their championship. You know, like the Chris Leaks, the um, Jarvis Moss, the Ray McDonald's, the Brandon Silas, the Joe Coins. They made it very clear this was their championship. So we had a chip on our shoulder, like, all right, I bet you at the end of ours, they won't even know who the 06 team is. And they're going to only talk about our championship. And look at today. Most most fans remember us from the 08 championship and the 06 championship. Um, it sucks that we didn't get a chance to go for 09 because we were ready. I promise you, we were ready. Just, you know, people throwing parties and falling asleep. So it blows yeah, it. Yeah. We were yeah. ready to repeat. Um, that's something we wanted to do. We wanted to erase, like, the legacy of any other champion at Florida. We wanted to pretty much be our school. Like, that was something, like, we talked about in the locker room. That was something we talked about at training table. We talked about in tutoring. It was like, man, when we leave here, they ain't going to know nothing about no other Gator team ever. They're going to only talk about us. Um, give, me some, uh, give me some practice energy. What was practice like? I hear, like, Ahmad, we started this show with Ahmad, so we know about the practice coach, how competitive it was. Oh, man, uh, practice was like the gladiators of gladiator showdown, like, you had to be modest for TV on Saturday, but come practice, dude. Like I said, you had an offense who was violent. Um, you had a front five who didn't take shit from nobody. You had a D- defense with Spikes and Joe Hayden. I mean, uh, Major Wright, Carlos Dunlap, Jermaine Cunningham, Ron Stamper. I mean, you mm. had a, an elite defense that we used to thrash every day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You offense won most of those battles? Every, every day. Oh, we need to get a mod on here because he was telling some different stories. He had some different energy on the defensive side of the ball. Seven on seven, I'm pretty sure the receivers win. But when we went BPU, we dominated. When we went goal line, we dominated. We won more more times than we lost win or lose days. We always won more than we lost. Who was your um, toughest battle in the trenches on the defensive line? I'm sorry? 
Who was your toughest battle in the trenches on the defensive line in practice? It was Jermaine. For me, mm. Jermaine Cunningham was my arch nemesis. Like, they used to always put me and him together um, on one-on-one pass rush, BPU. It was always me and him. Um, I was a pretty good natural pass blocker. I had a father who was an lineman. So I was, like, literally taught NFL O-line in high school. So when I got to Florida, they kind of mm. had to, like, regress me because Adazio didn't like how what I was taught. But if you look at the Pounces or Marcus or any one of us who went pro, I was just talking to Marcus, like, last year. And he was like, man, you was pro-ready when you got to Florida. Like, your dad had you NFL-ready at Florida. Um, I think that's something I should have took him more careful in is looking at a coach who's coached high-level players before, mm. so, like mm -hmm. first-rounders. I mean, I had a coach at NC State that I really liked, Coach Barry. He had he was known for producing first rounders from NC State with Chuck Amato, right. um, but I just didn't like Chuck Amato. Yeah. <laughs> he just, hey guys, welcome to NC State. <laughs> <laughs> no way. <laughs> um, but I just wasn't really familiar with Adazio, so when I got here, they had to like tweak how the Pounces played, they had to tweak how Marcus played, they had to tweak how I played. But if you look at how those guys played in the league, they played exactly like they did in high school. Wild, loose, reckless, flying everywhere all over the field. Um, but like Adazio wanted us to duck waddle, you know, choppy feet, you know, put your weight in your feet, knees to hands, all this stuff that, I mean, when you get to the NFL, no one even cares about that shit. It's, can you block this guy? Yes or no? Um, right. So, but practicing was, was, I mean, it was intense, dude. It was it's the reason why we dominated how we did because practice was extreme. When I say extremely intense, it was it was extremely intense. Man, we used to fight the D lineman every day. Yeah, who it had the best hands on the team? Stop doing yeah. one on one pass rush because how much we fought. So who had the best hands on the team? Mm. I don't know. This is the question. This is what it would just be brawl. I mean, it'd be forty people just going at it. <laughs> I like it. Uh, what was it like being in the huddle with, with Tim Tebow? Uh, what was his leadership like in the locker room? You guys won a national championship. The whole run, watching his maturation. Um, He was that guy. Um, I mean, we didn't really interact much with uh, other positions. Uh, the Florida was power the unit. You know, be with your guys, your group, do your job. Um, So we would see Tebow in practice and maybe offensive film setting. But um, he was a good leader. I mean, he was a, a man's man. You know, he'll take it on the chin if it was his fault. He never made excuses. Um, he never blamed someone else for what he did. Let's say in the game he made a bad pass in the huddle, he'll say, dang it, guys, that's on me. I made a throw. I think that's a great leader. Um, he cursed like your dad. Yeah, dang it. That <laughs> <laughs> got it. So he'll be like, dang, guys, that's on me. I made a bad read or I made a bad throw. And we'll be like, hey, man, it's okay. Let's just get this play. Um, and I think that made it easier to go to war with a with a leader who never said, you know, why was this guy close to me? I didn't have a clean pocket. Right. Get more separation. He he was it was always his fault first. Um, even if film showed it wasn't, you know, he would take it on the chin. So that makes it easier for you to do your job because if you if you mess up, then you can just be like, damn, Tebow, my bad. I'm, I'm gonna make up for it. And he'll be like, yeah, I know you will. And so you would just be ready to go to war for him. Carl, what was that that year? Because um, you were there in, in 2010. That was the year that um, the Gators go undefeated during the regular season. They lose to Alabama, beat Cincinnati, and then not long after that, uh, Urban Meyer uh, takes a, a step down for know, about 36 hours. Steve Adazio takes over. He comes back, but Steve Adazio takes over uh, during the offseason. What was that, you know, couple of days and a couple of weeks and then, you know, ultimately a couple of months that led you into that next season like? 
Um, I would say a level of uncertainty. Um, mm -hmm. I think it caught everybody off guard. Him just like, oh, you know, I'm out. I'm not now, but I have heart mm -hmm. problems, um, complications. Um, it just was like, whoa, you know, because I said something in a team meeting. I was like, well, you told my mom that you were going to be there until I graduated. Mm -hmm. You know, this is my last year. Kind of, you got to be a man of your word. Um, I think, I think at that point, at that young, none of us really understood what was happening because we we're like 18, 19, 20. Mm -hmm. um, so when you're that young, you're kind of like naive to whatever the issue is of the coach or the coaching staff. Um, so it was more like, what's going on? You know, we, I mean, I, I think that's never happened in college football since or prior. So a coach is up and leave at the end of a hot season going into another, you know, well, fall. Carl, was there, I didn't mean to cut you up, but there was there, it had to be some type of drama. We message board fans, we knew some of the drama that was going on uh, around the city on the campus. Was there any drama leading up to that? Like, it wasn't intense, awkward, nothing leading up to that? that I mean, um, at that point, no, not from my end. Because, I mean, I am I was just focused on getting the hell out of Florida. So my thing was just get through the process and get out of here. Like, just get out of here. Um, right. Like, I was just, like the old saying, keep your head down and your eyes open. Um, so I didn't, I didn't see, I mean, you hear the rumors. I'm not going to go into all the rumors that was going on. Now we're seeing what happened to Jacksonville. I kind of believe the rumors more so now, <laughs> um, which is, I also find as an oxymoron is like how you tell the players don't drink the poison, stay away from vices. And then your head coach right. has vices. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we're children. And my thing is like, I, I talk to mentor other people today is. How do the system rain down hard on children, but give grown ass men a slap on the wrist? Right. Mm. Imagine if that was a player doing what he got caught doing. And now look at him. He he still can follow up with a multi-million dollar job. I know dudes mm. who got drunk in college and made a bad decision who still right. can't get an opportunity to coach today. Um, and this guy just keeps getting opportunity after opportunity. Um but I mean, at that young, you didn't really believe it. But now that I'm older, I believe 85% of the rumors that were floating around. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I mean, shit. I mean, most of us would have NFL aspirations. Yeah. If most, if they lie and tell you they didn't, they lying because that's mm -hmm. all we ever talked about was going pro, getting out of here. Um, so I think all of us who were elite knew where we were headed, and we were kind of focused on that. Nice. Man, I wish I was college now, but these boys killing it with these. Again, that check, ain't they? <laughs> God, I was the new one lineman in the nation. Boy, how much do you think they would have paid you? Oh, you get that. You get that. Mil? I'm trying to tell you. Man, Jesus. they was going to back up the Breen's truck. Boy, bro. they were kicking you out for getting a free meal. And these yeah. boys eating like this. Like, it's crazy. Here's the thing, though. Uh, Urban Meyer was giving out the NIL bag. But you was just so, you came and loved the lake. You know, you didn't get none of that, man. I'm pretty sure Urban was handing out some duffels. I mean, I heard the I heard some things. I don't know. I can't, I can't confirm nor deny. <laughs> <laughs> Hear the stories on buying rims and apartment, yeah. moving families down here. Yeah. I can't confirm nor deny. But Car Carl's not confirming, but he's definitely not denying. Nah, yeah. <laughs> I can't confirm nor deny, but I heard the stories, uh, let's say, of what he's done for some families. But my family didn't need nothing. No, my dad had mm -hmm. played in the league. They had money. My mom um, was making like over 100K back in 2003, 2004. So, like, my parents really didn't need. So, it wasn't like they were um, needing Carl to be successful for the family. Like I tell right. 
people, money supposed to flow like a river. You ever see money flowing upstream? The moment you got to take care of mom and dad, you blew the money. Mm-hmm. Money's supposed to flow like water downstream. It's supposed Absolutely. to go from you to your children Absolutely. and your children, your children. That's why it's called generational wealth. The it's moment right. you take your money and take care of your mama and grandmama, aunt, uncles, you blew, you blew generational wealth. It's over. Talk that talk. Call, mm-hmm. call Kane to preach to the, the congregation, the choir, and everybody else. I heard this when I was like 10, dude, from my parents. It's like, talk that talk, man. Uh, you never supposed to take care of your parents. The money supposed to flow down river. And the moment you go backwards with the bag, you blew generational wealth. Ooh, you sound like a rapper call. Real financial advisor, they will tell you if your mom ain't got it by the time you get it, she 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 don't deserve it. Ooh, Carl, that lingo. Big lingo, man. Carl, Carl, what are you up to uh these days? Um, I own my own restaurant. I used to have my own home care business just due to the sadness yeah. of it. I had to let it go during the pandemic. Um, just families don't treat each other right. I'm not gonna go into other people. Yeah. Plus the HIPAA law, I can't really go too much. Yeah. I'm still- seven years um but it's just home care is very sad uh you see children literally stabbing their parents in the back for inheritance mm. or only coming around when it's yeah. the money drop for the the money um and their parents are you know worship every word they say they walk on every cloud that they step um so and it's just sad to see them only come around thanksgiving or the birthday when the money drops so i just told right. her why Eventually, something like that eats away at you, and before it taints me, I'm gonna leave. So I just sold it like uh, a year, two years ago, and then I started. Uh, I went to school to learn how to cook, get my chef certification. So now I own my own restaurant, and I do bagels and like I've seen them bagels, man. Yeah, and I do like French cuisine, French brunch, and I we're in the middle of getting it built right now. So. I'm doing what I love. I love being in the kitchen as a fat man. I love food, and if you can cook it, you never uh, have to endure a bad meal. You're back in the uh, the Durham area, or no? I'm still in Gainesville. My parents. Oh, no kidding. 2007, um, just because financially, you know, mm-hmm. buying home and away games, rental cars, hotels, food, it just got so expensive. So um, they moved down here in 2007. That's awesome, uh, Carl. I was I was reading a little bit. I know you were involved with uh, Johnny Townsend's event that he had at the Orange and Blue game. Uh, touch us a little bit about the fraternity of UF football. You still keep in touch with a lot of guys and, and you guys get together pretty often or do any reunions or anything? We talk all the time. It's like a brotherhood. I think now all of us are family men. So getting together other than like the Gator events is a little mm-hmm. harder. Um, but we talk all the time. It's like it's so crazy because I cannot see those guys for like three, four years. And the moment I see them, it's like we see each other every day. It's like we're back in college, you know, joking, laughing. Um, having a good time. But I think when you when you endure with someone, you it's like um put it like this. I tell my kids this the Gator logo means more to me than fun. I know people who broke bones, tore ligaments. I've cried with my brothers who could never play. So it's like an, it's like a soldier seeing American flag. It means a lot more than fun to me. Um like Jim Barry, you know, I bet you wouldn't be talking to me today if if Jim Barry would have never blew his knee out. You would never talk to the Pounceys either. He was starting before all of us. Um, until he blew his knee out. Um, so guys like that, that you would never know who they really are. I remember those guys, you know, when I was on the bench in 06 and Mike is playing defense and all in Marquise is center, but nobody realized that before Marquise became the center, Jim Barry was mm-hmm. that guy. Um, but he blew his knee out in that training camp and then Keith stepped in and the rest is history. But what if he never blew his knee out? You know what I mean? Like, um, so it means a lot more to me than the average person. I remember, you know, looking at BT, one of, a safety that was mm-hmm. before Ma Black. You know, if BT would never blew his knee out, would, right. would you even know who a Ma Black is? Because BT mm-hmm. was one of the top safeties. Um, yeah, if you ask a Ma, yes. 
I mean, I would say, yeah, Mob was a hard worker, but it'll be one hell of a fight because BT was 6'2", ran like a 4'4", sure. highly recruited. and can was Zephyr Hills, him. right? I remember him. Like, he was a real good prospect. Yeah, dude. He was a ball hawk. You know, Ahmad was a hitter. Mm -hmm. um, BT was like, hey, Reed, he'll hit you if he had to, but he going to snatch that ball first. Absolutely. But he blew his knee out in practice. You never heard from him. Um, yeah. So it's guys like that I think about uh, all the time. So um, we like brotherhood. It's like a frat. Um, I love those guys to death. Anytime they need anything, I talk to my boy Mo Hurt all the time on social media. They ever need anything, I'm one phone call away. I don't care what it is. That's what's up. That's what's up. That's awesome. Well, Carl, man, we appreciate you uh, you coming on. Uh, do you want to plug your restaurant uh, real quick before we uh, before we yeah. head out? Um, follow Egg and Bagel on all social media platforms. Hit us up on Google. Um, if you're in the Gainesville area, any one of you two, anytime this fall, stop on by. I, I mean, I'm, I'm up there tomorrow, man. <laughs> Come on. I mean, the restaurant's getting built, so we yeah. some saws and stuff, but um. Come on over sometime. I think we should be open like middle of August. So I'll yeah, be doing the season. Out the address, egg and bagels, come through, get some bagels, come get some French cuisine. We have Cornish hens, uh, lemon syrup, endive, Swedish mm. char. Um, mm. I make a chocolate mousse from scratch. I also mm. have an apricot uh, dessert. So come on through. I'll come for you. Okay, boys Carl. There it is. Come in, what come part of town are you going to be in? Let's laugh and eat. What part of town are you going to be in? Uh, right by Hell Plantation. There you go. Location, location, yeah, I'm location. Up. I'm pulling up, Carl. I'm coming to we'll check out the bagels, my guy. Yeah, come on. Come on, eat. Come come have right. some fun and let's laugh. Awesome, All right, man. man. Thanks for hanging out, man. We appreciate you for pulling up, man. Uh, thank you guys for having me. Have a good night. Appreciate you, Carl. Great interview with Carl Johnson. Man, I, I want to get him back on. I feel like there are some stories that, uh, that he didn't share. We still got some oh, time for him to get a little bit more comfortable. Yeah, we're we gonna bring them back on to, to check out their restaurant as well. Uh, I seen them on uh, social media. Um, he commented on some of the Janora stuff, or he was liking, and I seen mm -hmm. him. I said, "Oh, that's Carl Johnson." I forgot I was following him, so I hit him up. I was like, "Hey, man, you want to come on and hang out?" He's like, "Sure, let's do it." Uh, but the bagels, the food, all the stuff he got going looks fire. I thought it was some random Carl Johnson that was making bagels. I was like, "Nah, that's <laughs> that's D Carl Johnson that played at you up." I love it, man. Well, let's give a, a quick shout out to our friends over at Home Field Apparel. Visit homefieldapparel.com. Use promo code Stadium and Gale. Get 15% off of your order. Corey, you've got one coming in the mail, but they just dropped a completely brand new Gators uh, shirt on Friday. Uh, it is the script baseball logo that they wear on a white T-shirt. Uh, hmm. So wear your Florida Gator baseball script Florida logo with pride. Use promo code Stadium Miguel. Get 10% off of your 15% off of your order when you use that promo code. So again, homefieldapparel.com. With that being said, speaking of restaurants in Gainesville, Silk, I don't know how many thousands and thousands of dollars I spent in my life at the swamp restaurant. That was a lot because usually great deals on liquor in there, man. So well, it, it was great deals, but we were there. Yeah. I remember when I was an undergrad, we were there for 50 or 25 cent wing night and $5 bucket night. And then obviously after college was, uh, was there often uh, made it a pregame and postgame ritual to mm. hang out on the swamp patio, uh, swamp restaurant the patio. And then unfortunately, 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 uh, the Swamp Restaurant, the original Swamp Restaurant there uh, on University uh, was bought by a developer. Uh, they're bulldozing it, uh, building some condos, apartments. I thought uh, they only gentrified the hood, Dan. No, no. 
taking away our restaurants too. But uh, <laughs> lo and behold, not long after the announcement was made that the Swamp Restaurant uh, would be bulldozed, there was a petition to save the Swamp. And sure enough, the Swamp is being saved in a slightly different location. But with that, we're going to welcome the CEO and owner of Swamp Restaurant, Ryan Prudeski, onto the show. Ryan, my friend, it is a pleasure to have you this evening. Thank you, guys. It is a, uh, it's a pleasure and uh, to be here. I love what you guys do. Uh, follow the podcast all the time. Uh, I heard you have an all-star lineup today. Uh, trying to figure out what I'm doing here, but other than that, <laughs> I'm happy to be here, guys. Well, we're excited to have you. Well, Ryan, want to want to talk a little bit about um, the new Swamp Restaurant that you guys are are building over there in the Innovation District. Is that what we're calling it over there? Correct. Yes. The, the innovation district over in Gainesville, uh, in between kind of sorority row and downtown. Talk to us new, uh, about the new Swamp Restaurant that y'all are, are building. Yeah, I mean, we're really excited. Everything kind of, everything worked out, uh, you know, the way that it, it, it should have. You know, it's one of those things in life where they say, uh, you just, you know, if you keep grinding, uh, you know, everything will work out. And, you know, we, to make a long story short, you know, it was a sad day when, obviously it was a sad day when Swamp was torn down. There were you know, I could tell stories for days about it, but there were kids tailgating, watching them tail it, turn, tore, or tear it down. And, uh, you know, luckily we had known it was coming uh, for a while. And then uh, it just didn't feel right going under, you know, five stories of apartments in a six story building, not having a front lawn, not having everything that made Swamp, you know, what Swamp really was. Swamp was a, you know, it was a gathering place. It was a neighborhood meeting hall. It was a place for Gator Nation to, you know, come and, and, not only, you know, alumni, you know, relive some of their best memories, you know, students create some of their best memories, but just a place for Gator Nation to have a home. And, you know, when the when the uh, prospective uh, builder uh, that had the property approached us, it was a no brainer to, uh, you know, the wheels started turning immediately that day. And, you know, the first thing I did was uh, went and got a copy of the old blueprints. And, you know, that was that was day one, you know, so we started off of off of the old uh, blueprints and you know, within in that innovation district, which is growing tremendously, you know, every time I go down there, I'm worried about getting a, a darn uh, nail in my tire from, you know, all the construction that's going on, apartments and, you know, all kinds of uh, commerce and, and educational buildings and homes and all of that. You know, it's really exciting to be part of that. Um, it's exciting to be part of that area. And it's also exciting to, you know, create a new neighborhood, but also not be removed uh, from from UF and from the campus life and from uh, you know, close enough to the stadium, uh, basketball, football, uh, you name it. You know, I think that we're in the right spot at the right time. So, Ryan, you said that you took the original blueprints. Obviously, everybody's only hiccup with the original blueprints was that the bathroom was right next to the exit to the kitchen. Uh, and you would have probably 30 dudes uh, standing in line trying to use uh, the, the trough there and then you had uh probably 20 ladies waiting at the same time uh and trying to navigate in and out of the uh the waiters with their food and the uh the bus carts and everything else talk just a little bit maybe about how that might be changing a little bit so uh, it's a little bit more free flow for everybody yeah i'll give you guys a little update on you know what we've done and what we've changed and that was that was the best part of the whole design process i mean we i was going back through it the other night and you know we started in january of uh uh, 2021 with the uh, design process. And, you know, I, what I did was I made a list of all of our pressure points, all the, uh, you know, just like you said, it was try to get to the kitchen on a game day. And, you know, you, you basically got to fight, fight your way through it. 
you know, our, some of those girls, that, you know, swamp girls that work for us, you know, I put them in an in a MMA fight and I'm putting my money on them any day because they didn't put up with anything. Um, so, you know, what we did, and I'm, I'm excited to announce it here as an exclusive. I don't think we put this out on social media yet or anywhere, but uh, the bathrooms have been segmented from uh, from any uh, egress uh, to where uh, it's going. You're, you're going into the restroom and that's, you know, what's going to happen there. And we also have added uh, two extra stalls downstairs and two extra stalls upstairs. So the log jam, uh, that, that famous swamp log jam, hopefully uh, will, will not be a thing anymore. We also have an elevator too. So if you, if you had a couple of too many and you don't want to take the wobbly stairs, you can you know, take your uh, elevator upstairs as well. Any, any changes to uh, uh, decor or uh, menu? Well, yes and no is, it, is the right answer to that. Uh, we have we saved everything. Uh, I actually went and got the, uh, I went and picked up uh, Al Horford's jersey today that used to hang around the bar. Um, everything's in storage. So we're going to reuse as much as we can as far as the decor. Um, you know, there's so much history and the place became, a, Swamp is almost like a Gator Museum. You know, there's so many, so many memories made there. So many uh, different, you know, athletes and famous people, you know, celebrities that have come through. Uh, the swamp. So as far as the decor, uh, there will be some updates or some cool stuff that, you know, that I'm excited about, you know, when people, when people come in there and, um, you know, they're, they're going to notice, uh, you know, some, they're going to notice some new and some old. I mean, basically it, it's, it's basically just a re, uh, an update or a rebrand. Um, as far as the menu, all the favorites are staying. So anybody that's worried about the Buffalo tender wrap, uh, the tuna bowl, the freshman 15, you know, all the good stuff on there, all that's coming back. Uh, we're updating the menu a bit, you know, just changing with the times is, you know, updating to, to what's, um, you know, what we think Gainesville uh, will enjoy and what we think that, uh, you know, should be on the menu. And, and you know, a lot of it has, has turned into a lot of, you know, farm fresh. Um, uh, you know, we're going to have, have some vegan options, which we didn't have. Let's before. go. Let's go. Yeah. Come so, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm excited about that. And, you know, just to get people up. I still got you. Yeah. There you go. We there? Yeah, yeah we got yeah, you. We got you. I think you hear us. All right. Sorry, guys. Getting the phone. Can you hear us? Um, can you hear me? Yeah, yep. we got you. You hear us? You back? Can you, you hear, hear us? You hear us? I think you hear us? A phone call during the middle. Yeah. He'll be back. Yeah. Well, while we wait uh, for him to come back, uh, that Buffalo tender wrap was was my go to. Uh, obviously, the chicken wings. That was were my too. bag when I when I used to eat chicken. That, that's a, that, that was my Philly big wrap. That, <laughs> that, that thing. Wrap. That thing slapped. Um, yeah. I got. I got to ask him if we're gonna get fifty cent wing nights back. Um, when him and I were chatting a few Inflation, weeks ago, it's probably like five dollar wing night. I don't think he's really sitting anymore. Well, it's nuts. He said uh, when we were on the phone that wings are a dollar seventy nine now. Um, per jeez, Ryan, how are you, man? We we're just talking about wing prices. Yeah, back to uh, back to the menu and uh, wing prices. Right now, wings are uh, wings are incredibly expensive. I mean, I'm sure you guys have seen the news, but you know we're doing everything we can with the. Uh, with the menu to bring back the staples. Uh, you know, we will have, I was just talking today about uh, doing some NFL specials and 
uh, on Sundays and bring back the wing night and buckets nights, bucket nights and, you know, all the good stuff that made Swamp what it was. I mean, it was a place where, uh, you know, you could come and you could eat on a budget, you could drink on a budget and, you know, mm-hmm. people came back and they felt comfortable, they felt at home. And, you know, that's what, that's what we have to offer out there. And that's our, our number one selling point. We got a nice, comfortable, you know, we got the front lawn back, you know, we got the interior for the summer when it's 150 degrees outside. And then, you know, the, the uh, AV uh, TVs and, and speaker system is uh, far none, you know, second to none uh, for, you know, what we're going to have. And we have plans to continue to expand it uh, as well. So we want to be, you know, our goal is to, to be, Swamp has always been the go-to place for Gator games, for, you know, any big football game, NFL, for NBA finals, for MMA, you know, big matches, stuff like that. So, you know, we're trying to, to we're not trying to reinvent the wheel here. What do you think about the uh, overall? Sorry, Dan. Uh, what do you think about the overall growth of, of Gainesville? Like the changes. That's incredible. I mean, I got here in two thousand and one, and and I can't believe, uh, you know, from the time that I enrolled in school to uh, the time that, uh, you know, we're in now. Uh, I think the changes are good. I think that um, you know, I hate seeing uh, some of the stuff that's going on in Midtown. You know, it's uh, you know, for us in losing Swamp. You know, I think there were some alternatives, but. You know, we never really got the opportunity from, uh, you know, we leased the space, so we never really got the opportunity to improve that building and improve that property. They sold it to a, a, an out-of-town company. But, I mean, I think overall, you know, Gainesville's doing a, a great job. It's nice to see it's nice to see progress, celebration, points, great. There's a lot of good things going out west in, you know, Tioga, uh, and then a lot of construction, a lot of building around, uh, you know, campus. So, you know, it's nice to see, especially all the new sports complexes. I mean, that's a game changer. You know, it's a for the Gators and Gator Nation, you know, we were behind, we were behind in the arms race, you know, that was one thing. We didn't have an indoor practice facility. We didn't, you know, we didn't have a, a student rec center, a, a, you know, football um, facility. And now, you know, we're starting to catch up. And I think that, you know, for us, you know, it's, it's great to see that we're going to be able to compete with Ohio State, Clemson, Georgia, you know, on their level in terms of our facilities. And, you know, that's, that's one more thing, you know, we want to add for, for us, you know, a good, a, a good restaurant uh, and bar scene that, People come to town, they enjoy it, and Gainesville becomes that, you know, that beacon of, of, of freedom in college football to where, you know, this place is great. If I'm going to go see a game, I want to go to Gainesville. I want to experience it because there's so much to do here. Right. Uh, Ryan, do you guys have a, a decided on opening date yet? We're looking at uh, – we're, we're targeting early August, uh, barring any setbacks. So, uh, you know, I told the guys as we're doing construction, we went through this, and I said, guys, you can't. Like we got to get August because I you can't throw me in on uh, the Friday before Utah. I'll go, you know, <laughs> you might might find me hanging from the rafters or something by the end of the day. But um, you know, at that point, so or just hiding in a closet somewhere. But no, we're you, we're targeting some uh, preseason runs. Yeah, I need I need a couple preseason games to get back. <laughs> yeah, in there. Yeah. I, I, I tell people I use the analogy. It's like starting a car that's been under a tarp for thirty years. Like once we get yeah. it up and running, like mm-hmm. it's it's gonna go. But it's getting, you know, I'm getting nothing in there. I got to move all the equipment in there and we got to, you know, get the staff hired and you know, we're in the process of doing interviews all week. And so shout out any listeners, if you're looking for uh, jobs, you know, we're, we're certainly hiring in the moment and, you know, trying to, trying to put together, you know, the, the ultimate optimal uh, swamp staff again, and just have, have a crew that likes to come out, make a little bit of money and, and, you know, show people a good time. That's awesome. Man. Well, Ryan, I want to look back on, on some of the swamp uh, as we kind of wrap up here, a couple of swamp uh, restaurant memories. 
I want to look back. You, you've been involved with the Swamp Restaurant for, for over 20 years now. And I do want to give a shout out. Uh, I ran into your buddy and, and my friend Jeremy Griner yesterday at the hockey game. So shout out Jeremy. He wanted to make sure I, I said that. But uh, you had a lot of memories over the last 20 years. You had multiple national championships. Um, and, you know, obviously some of my favorite memories of, of being in school were, were storming University Avenue. And you guys were right there. You had people in trees and people climbing uh, light poles and, and stoplights and everything else. What are some of the memories that, that stick out to you? Uh, or talk to us a little bit about some of the, the semantics of, of hosting that crowd for some of those national championship games as well. Yeah, I think, you know, the, the national title years were something that, I mean, I, I don't know if that's ever duplicated. I mean, one, it's unreal to have, you know, back to back to back, um, you know, with basketball and football was, I mean, that's, you can't make that up. So, you know, we, we got to a point where, you know, Swamp kind of perfected. We, we actually would, everybody would have to leave so we could organize the place after lunch. And people would start lining up down 17th Avenue at, you know, roughly 10 a.m., uh, 9 a.m. to get a table. It was almost like the Rowdies trying to get into, uh, into the O'Connell Center. Um, but, I mean, you know, those, those – and then, obviously, they win, and then the place clears out, and everybody's climbing poles and dancing in the street and, you know, stuff like that. But I think for me – you know, for me personally, the, there's two memories that uh, that really stick out. And one was um, uh, the, the first one is Chioza when he hit the Madison Square Garden. And, you know, I seriously one, I, you know, I had to gather all the swamp staff, all, all the servers and the girls. And we took it behind the bar just in case he hit it because we knew it was going to be pandemonium. And obviously, you know, luckily he hits the shot. And I swear to you guys, if they had a, a Richter scale somewhere in over across the street on campus, there was an earthquake that night. That building shook. I mean, that building, I don't know how the building didn't fall down, to be honest. With you. That, that, by that point, that building was used and abused. But, I mean, that, that was one of the most incredible scenes for, you know, for the next two or three minutes that, that I've ever seen. Uh, and the other was the touchdown from Will Greer against Tennessee, you know, another yeah. one when we were, we were kind of down and out. And all of a sudden you get this guy, you know, throwing a bomb, uh, you know, and winning the game. And, and that was another moment that was just, you know, surreal. And that's, that's the beauty of swamp. And that's, what's so cool about it is, you know, you, you can remember where you were during those moments. You know, you see, see the highlights down the road and, you know, you remember being at swamp and that's, that for me is what's, what's special about the place and what really, um, you know, we're in the business to, to help, you know, create memories. That's awesome, man. Well, Corey, you got anything before we wrap up? No, that's it, man. I can't wait to see you in the fall. I'm trying all them vegan options. The vegan is my bag, man. <laughs> I got you, man. You tell me, you send me a text and let me know what you want to see on that menu. Got you. Oh man, I want to see a, a, yeah. a, a, a restaurant silk. consultant, Corey. Right. Don't don't, <laughs> don't give don't threaten me with a good time, Ryan. It'd be a dish named after me, bro. Well, we, we pay in food though, so just <laughs> it's not a paid paid position, but pay, it's paid in trade. So. <laughs> no doubt, man. Excited to uh, pull back up on you guys, man. Yeah, we are too. So you guys, you know, I, I wish you guys the best, and you know, I'd love to work with you guys sometime. Have you down? Uh, have you down to the restaurant anytime you guys are welcome to come down and do a show or something like that. Or, sure. uh, you know, I love what you guys do and, you know, keep up the good work. And uh, like I said, we'll be open. Uh, we'll be open before you know it. And, and it's going to be, you know, it's going to be a hell of a time. All right. Thanks for coming through, Ryan. Absolutely. Thanks so much, thanks, Ryan. Guys. We'll be there. We'll, uh, we'll talk soon, my friend. Uh, excited about doing some stuff with you guys in the fall. All right, gentlemen, you have a great day. Best of luck with everything. Soon. Thank you. I got to pull up. Many, many memories from the Swamp Restaurant. Excited to, to have that back in Gainesville. Um, obviously, a slightly different location, uh, but still close enough 
uh, to campus where you can have that, that true uh, college feel uh, still. Uh, let's give a quick shout out to our friends over at Game Time Sidekicks. Use promo code STADIUM to get 10% off of your order. Uh, the best vacuum sealed cups on the market. Over 350 schools, a bunch of different uh, NFL players who are doing some NIL things, some PGA things. Uh, go check them out again, GameTimeSidekicks.com. Use promo code STADIUM for 10% off of your order. Uh, Silk, as we run through uh, Gator news, uh, congratulations to the women's softball team uh, for their run in Oklahoma City. Unfortunately, they did uh, end up losing um, to UCLA. Uh, so they did uh, take the two losses that, uh, that will have them removed from the, from the series. But uh, congratulations to them for making uh, the Women's College World Series. Uh, did a fantastic job, a fantastic season, and certainly a memorable run. Uh, there at the end. I do also want to commemorate the men's baseball team, which is still uh, in a rain delay. Uh, They are in the final game of a two-game series against Oklahoma, uh, lost to Oklahoma early on, um, came around, bounced back, beat Central Michigan again uh, under an outstanding performance uh, from Karsten uh, Finvold, uh, who just had an incredible performance, pitched 27 uh, outs after taking the game over in the first inning. Uh, bases loaded and no outs. Uh, didn't throw one pitch over 90 miles an hour. So, so in this day and age, you just don't hear a lot about that. But the Gators uh, currently up 2-1 to one against Oklahoma Sooners in the final game of the regional. If they win this game, they will be heading up to Blacksburg, Virginia. Um, so we had a big recruiting weekend. Uh, Trayon Webb was a big name that was in town. Grayson Howard was there, uh, as well as Aiden Mizell. Uh, obviously, a, a lot of news is still coming out about the weekend uh, and everything else. But what's your take of where Florida's at right now with uh, recruiting after a, a, another big visitor weekend? Yeah, it's a really good weekend. Um, plenty of linebackers. I like the chemistry of linebackers that they did have on campus. Uh, Aiden Mazel, um, we spoke about Trey Unweb. All of those guys are just, uh, and he sent out a tweet talk, uh, pretty much saying that he's taking his time. He's been committed to two mm-hmm. programs before. Uh, he enjoyed the visit and everything. Uh, and he's been on campus a lot. Uh, most of these kids, Aiden Mazel, yep. all of them been on campus quite a little bit here. Uh, but it, these kids, it's a lot more involved in recruiting. Uh, as, as we can see, the culture of committing on big visits, all that's dying. It's not the same no more across mm-hmm. the country. Kids are is money involved, is business involved. And I think a lot of these kids want to see where their coaches end up. It's more business. Uh, the approach is a little different these days. So I didn't expect uh, – I didn't sit by my phone waiting on anything, anybody to pop. Uh, it's not how this shit – it's not how this works anymore. Yeah. You know? Uh, but overall, the, the feedback that I'm hearing so far, um, I like it. I, I think we're still leading for Aiden Mizell, which is a huge need. Um, all of those linebackers are saying great things. Shout out to James Bates and Chaney. Mm-hmm. The guys that are involved in the linebacker recruiting, uh, I think we're in a good space. Um, we got the visit of of uh, Rashada, Jaden Rashada, coming up this week as well. Uh, our receiver board, I think we we didn't get into uh, what's his name Williams, uh, Hakeem Williams. We didn't make his mm-hmm. final six or seven, uh, but I think the wide receiver board is is plenty fine. That's a kid that you want to land, but I think once you get Jaden Rashada, there's gonna be some receiver names that pop up, and our board maybe gonna change a little bit. Uh, once a guy like Jay Rashada comes on board, if he comes on board, I'm not guaranteeing right. anything, but a, uh, uh, getting a quarterback like that changes everything. Right. So, but we will talk about uh, Jane Rashada here in a second, just to update Trey on Webb again, the four star 
running back uh, out of Trinity Christian in Jacksonville, the nephew, I believe, of former Florida Gators uh, defensive back D Webb and former Stadium Gale guest. Uh, he has announced that he uh, will no longer visit Tennessee. He still has a visit to South Carolina on June 10th and a visit to Penn State on June 24th. Uh, he is that's the so, one. That's the one you. That's the only one I would worry about. And I'm not State? worried. Yeah, just cider. I decided to recruit. Yeah. He gets running backs out of the state of Florida. Uh, he get him drafted. He has a resume, so cider would be the only threat there. Uh, but I don't. I'm, I feel good where we at with Trey Trey on Webb's uh, recruitment, especially with D Webb in our corner. Yeah, obviously a guy that's been in the University of Florida a lot uh, is going to announce on June 30th. Uh, his commitment. And like you said, Silk, uh, the word on the street is just because he has been committed twice uh, in his past that he just wants to make 100% certainty uh, that that's the school for him. So again, June 30th is the day to be looking out for uh, Grayson Howard, one of the linebackers that you mentioned. So uh, also out of uh, Jacksonville from Andrew Jackson High School, 6'3", 208 pounds, a four-star uh, on on three and the on three consensus right now it looks to be a Florida South Carolina uh, battle for him with Clemson Texas A&M and Georgia uh, rounding out that top five uh, a lot of momentum uh, with the Gators uh, there's still a lot of connection back to South Carolina uh, with that program uh, and Grayson Howard uh, is it does seem to be trending a little bit more in Florida's way we took, uh, and we the, took their linebacker coach so we should be in a good space well hopefully Hopefully he's got a uh, he's got a return visit to Gainesville on June 17th as an unofficial visit. And then he's going to be visiting uh, Georgia this weekend and then South Carolina the weekend of the 24th on official visits. So, uh, again, uh, South Carolina is a team that's been trending heavily for them for a long time. Uh, but Billy Napier, Mike Peterson, Jay Bateman, uh, the Gators linebacker coach are all uh, working quite closely uh, to try to get him to continue to surge. We can get him in like Sammy Morris, dog. We'll be doing some real gangster things in uh, with our linebacker core, bro. I like all the linebackers we had on campus, but Sammy Brown <clears throat> is another one that's going to be a, a, a dog. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, moving on, Aiden Mizell, uh, speedster. Uh, both of his parents went to the University of Florida. Uh, Aiden Mizell um, has visited you know Gainesville, obviously, a lot since growing up. Uh, originally from Orlando, has an opportunity to make a big splash. Um, still going to be visiting uh, Alabama and Georgia on official visits before the end of the month, uh, but UF does look to be in the driver's seat. Uh, he is a top 50 on three player. Uh, so again, Aiden Mizell, um, so can we parlay this into uh, to Jaden Rashada. That's the kind of guy uh, that Florida needs. Um, they've been missing on a lot of speed. They've got a lot of big, um, you know, tall wide receivers. Uh, now it's time to get some speed, and I think that Aiden Mizell uh, checks all those boxes you want. Yes, sir. That's a guy that Bama's going to come out the heavy later on, but I do like that both his parents are you are Gators. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Jaden Rashada. Jaden Rashada uh, visited uh, UF. Uh, I think it's been about eight or nine days. I know we mentioned his uh, time on uh, at the University of Florida in the last episode of Stadium and Gale. Nick reassured us that we're just a hat on the table. Uh, Jaden Rashada <laughs> did come out and say that he's going to be visiting Florida. Uh, is it next? It's going to be next weekend. I want the commitment just to just Nick to eat these words more than anything, man. I mean, the hi history shows us. So I knew he was in a good space it. once he said that. I was like, man, I don't, we may be all right here. 
You didn't feel a little bit better once Nick said that? Say that? I did. I did. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, yeah, I'm sorry. I had, the, I had the weeks off. Jane Rashad is visiting U.S. tomorrow, it looks like, uh, June 7th. Um, I know that he's announcing his commitment date next week. That's where I was getting confused. 18th. Yes. Uh, okay. So 11 days to the middle of the, the week after. Uh, is at uh, Texas A&M a couple days ago. Uh, visiting LSU for the whole of one day. Uh, already did his official visit to Ole Miss. Uh, and then we'll be wrapping up his official visits uh, to uh, to Florida on June 7th. Um, so I know it looks to be a two-team race between us and Oregon. Oregon's been involved for quite some time. Obviously a West Coast kid, the five-star, six-foot, 485-pound uh, quarterback out of Pittsburgh, California. Um, so got to put our money where our mouth is. You think the Florida yeah, gets him? I feel good where we're at with it, man. We came out of the blue. We never changed our board. Shout out to Billy and the boys. I'm not giving a shout out yet. They got to land them. Mm. Uh, but they never changed their board. Shout out to that. Like, their board hasn't changed. We haven't seen new offers. So, um, maybe the info is just a little bit different uh, from our end. And, and, you know, but nonetheless, here we are. We have an opportunity. We have the last visit, uh, back-to-back visits at that, two times within the, within a month. We have an opportunity to get a, a you know, blue-chip quarterback. Uh, we turned down one with Nick Evers. I think it's a, a need this cycle. I don't think it's a want. Uh, AR is pretty much on borrowed time. Uh, he's, a, he's an explosive season away from leaving, and we can have a quarterback debacle real quick here in Gainesville. So um, big need. And I think we're going to do what we got to do, man. This is this is University of Florida. Like, blue-chip quarterbacks supposed to come play football here. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about it very heavily on the show over the last couple of weeks and couple of months. You know, Florida has a major gap an issue at the quarterback position beyond right. Anthony Richardson and Florida needs to go get that blue chip quarterback. Uh, it's been a long time since Florida's gotten uh, that blue chip quarterback uh, to get that five-star, that highly ranked four-star. So a guy like Jaden Rashad is a guy that, like you said, Silk alluding back to Aiden Mizell and to Hakeem Williams and a number of the other big names that are out there. You get AR's a guy a like him. We got blue chippers lately though. I think AR and Emory was both blue chipper and Franks. Yeah, I I know. Not five I know star. Emory, but blue Emory was a four star. Um, I guess yeah. You're right. We've gotten blue chippers. We we've not gotten the the five star. Uh, just right. kind of running back here. I know Felipe Franks at one point was a five star. I know Emory Jones was a highly ranked four star. I think Ar climbed to be a four star uh, later on in his recruiting. He's a high four, four star. Yeah, I know when Florida star. started recruiting him and when he committed He's originally, he was a three star. Yeah, correct, so correct. he had to build um, up. Correct. Yeah, and I don't I don't think that Florida. Uh, I think looking back on it, you've had the guys that have, you know, risen up those those rankings. But regardless, Jaden Rashada, uh, I stand corrected. You're, you're right, Silk. But Jaden Rashada is a guy that does bring a lot of eyeballs if you're a wide receiver. Uh, highly ranked Definitely. guy, uh, can sling the ball around, has all of the, the tools uh, and size that you're looking for uh, out of a quarterback. Again, from California. Appears super, appears super professional. Sorry, I'm Amy cut you off. But no, see, you're fine. It comes off. A super mature and professional, the way he carries himself. I've seen him in a few videos. Uh, Mark Willard interviewed him. Mm-hmm. A couple other uh, other people did. He just seems extra mature in the way he carries himself. Uh, absolute professional. Uh, quarterbacks are different with going across yep. the country. I don't think it's a big deal with a quarterback going across the country. They're going for a different, you know, it's different. And it's not a defensive back going to play, you know what I'm saying? It's only one spot. And it's yeah, no. And I think that what you've seen in the, the schools that he's interested in, um, you know, in, in the commitment that his family uh, seems to have in finding that right. bright school and not just about location, you know, coming across the country to go to Gainesville twice in two weeks, 
uh, is a lot of commitment and, and you're looking for certain things. And uh, I know what, what he said that he's interested in is, is looking for a, a quarterback centric uh, head coach and, and somebody that can groom and mold him uh, to the NFL or, or to, to continue to develop him to the best shot that he has uh, to continue his playing career. And I, I like Florida's chances right now. Um, I think a couple of weeks ago, I thought that we were in the mix. I don't think that I would have thought that UF was, was going to be this close uh, this quickly because this is a name four or five weeks ago. We weren't talking much about, um, but an incredible player uh, would be the absolute bell cow uh, and I think it would answer uh, a lot of questions, not that Billy Napier needs to answer questions of the fans, but certainly uh, would be a massive feather in his cap early on uh, in his time at the University of Florida to be able to reel in uh, a guy like him. If you care about crystal balls, if you care about uh, the on three uh, prediction index and everything else, you have to like uh, where Florida's standing right now. Like, like I said, you know, he's visited LSU, Texas A&M, uh, Oregon, uh, and, you know, Florida has the last visit and, and obviously some tough tough and stiff competition out there, but you know, certainly an opportunity for yeah, I'm not uh, counting Jimbo out. I'm not counting Jimbo out either, just just because. But I like where we're at with this, and, and this is one we just need to close on. Uh, then we get a commitment as well. I like the wide receiver. I can't, I can't remember his name. Uh, yep, just going to pull him up. Uh, the Gators do grab another uh, name. Uh, out of uh, the JUCO ranks this year. This is a name that I, I don't think many people had heard about. Again, we talked about it on the show a couple months ago about, you know, NIL or not NIL, pardon me, the transfer portal, uh, kind of limiting when you hear about JUCO players and prep players. Um, but the Gators did offer and, or pardon me, got the uh, commitment from Ty Chia Okiao Bowman. Um, I just went straight he, to Bowman. Yeah, I'm just gonna yeah, I'm just gonna call him Ty for the rest of this segment. Uh, is going to be uh, coming to the University of Florida as a scholarship wide receiver. I know there are some question marks there whether he's a walk on or whether he was on scholarship. He will be on scholarship. Uh, coming from Independence Community College, originally it was a three star recruit out of uh, Robbinsdale Armstrong High School in Minnesota. Uh, right now, he is ranked as the number two prep player in the country um, by uh, by the JUCO rankings. I uh, had offers from Ole Miss, Illinois, and Nebraska. Uh, but a guy that, you know, again, not a lot of people knew about, uh, but had a, a clear uh, connection to to Kerry Col- or Kerry Colbert uh, and decided that um, his connection, pardon me, his, his clear connection is uh, with Dominique Bird uh, at, UNC, or at USC, who was friends with him and, and his brother um, and also – uh, close with Larry Fitzgerald and that family, uh, which ultimately brought him back to uh, to Kerry Colbert and his connection back. Um, he's joining Caleb Douglas in this class and Ricky Pearsall, who Soak, I know we didn't talk a, a ton about a couple weeks ago when he committed uh, to round out this wide receiver class of 2022. So like uh, you got to watch his video. What were, what were your thoughts on, on Ty Bowman? Ty C. Bowman. Speedy, explosive. Uh, he's a football player. I think he's going he's gonna to contribute for us this fall. Shout out to 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 Kerry Colbert and the staff for getting some some players in here to give us you know a different look at wide receiver. Um, between Ricky, Ricky Pearsall, this Bowman kid, uh, I don't think I don't know about Caleb Douglas. He's he's a, he's coming in as a true high school prospect. Mm-hmm. So he's gonna have to he's gonna have to mature a little bit. But uh, I think Ricky Pearsall and Bowman uh, are guys that could could see snaps this year. Um, Bowman six two one ninety, not a small kid at all. I don't know. I think he's explosive. 
and I and I and I had a take about this on roll up, and I had a take about uh this on I think I said it on Stadium Miguel as well. Uh, but JUCO is under unevaluated, uh, and it's untapped into as far as like uh, these kids' rankings. Uh, the pandemic set that back a little bit. We got to see guys like the one black. <clears throat> sit out and then didn't, didn't get to play one year because of juco mm-hmm. a lot of these kids are just shelled um it's not a whole lot of film out on, on a lot of these juco kids that we're bringing in as well uh so it's, it's a lot of research and a lot of grinding and digging to find these prospects um shot to the, even the offers he had so i'm glad that he did have the old miss offering lane and the mm-hmm. boys was interested in it that that you know say solidifies a few things that we see with the film but a good get we'll see how he uh helps us this far Absolutely. No, definitely looking forward to, to watching him. And, and a lot of research is going to come out about him over the next couple of weeks, but definitely a, a name that uh, is new to, to many Gator fans, uh, but certainly looks to be a, a lot of good player. names. And even in the reporting around it with Larry Fitzgerald and mm-hmm. the names that, that he knew Colbert through, I just thought it was like, okay, this gets grinding and, and around the right company when it comes to wide receivers. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so excited to see uh, Ty join uh, the Gators wide receiver core will be interesting to see kind of who's in and who's out of that room. Uh, but speaking of which, Stoke, I know you mentioned this on the big or on the roll up. Uh, the Gators also added a preferred walk on Eddie Battle out of Southwest Missouri State, originally from McDonough, Georgia. Uh, mm-hmm. That kid's an animal. I don't, I don't know if I'm he'll be able you. to tote the rock at UF. Uh, that's a hell you. of a practice player to go up against, man. That's 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 a, that's an interesting prospect at another kid. Is a, a bigger. Six two, what is he? Six two two, what? He's six one two fifteen. Six one two fifteen running back. Uh, that they got him listed as. Uh, big physical guy, hard to tackle, runs kickoff returns, do a little bit of everything. Some special teams in those clips, but I think that's a guy. If if he don't play running back, I don't know if they have some other like plans for him. But a big physical kid that can play, I think, on either side of the ball, but definitely gonna be able to play some running back here. Yeah, absolutely, a a great running back. Uh, he's gonna get- be. Go yeah, ahead, that's a, that's a, uh, like I said, at worst, it's a hell of a practice player. That's a big guy. That's a guy that runs through people. So uh, excited to welcome him as well uh, to Gator Nation. Good prefer uh, to walk on. Yeah. Building out an army of walk-ons. Um, I know that uh, Jordan Hall uh, also visited the University of Florida, had a lot of glowing things to say uh, about his time at the University of Florida. So I know that he's uh, been involved with Florida State and a number of other programs, um, mm. but uh, definitely a guy that, you know, Silk, like you mentioned earlier, looking at the linebacker group, Jordan Hall's a good player. Yeah, they could hoop. They had, some, they had some dogs on campus this weekend. I hope they got together and said some, you know, said some nice things to each other. Uh, but Bates' detraction is just different than the last. And these guys, got they got to land these recruits. But mm-hmm. the traction and the company, the board is just way different than these last guys. And the board ain't changing real fast. They're recruiting these guys. They're active. I mean, I need these dates to stop changing, right? Um, we had some dates that's supposed to go down June, I mean, July 22nd, 23rd. And a lot of those days got pushed back to October, and, and, and Bama and some other programs are stepping up. A and M are coming up in, and, and some of these recruitments along the I four. So uh, I don't want to say they need to get more aggressive because, like I said, the approach to these kids is, is a little different than, than it was in the past. So um, I can't contradict myself from my take earlier with the, the patience of these kids. Uh, but we just got to land them when they decide, and that's what we at with it. We haven't struck out, we haven't missed, but they haven't decided yet either. So we just vibing. Let's see another news. Uh, Tim Tebow is officially on the College Football Hall of Fame ballot. 
Uh, Brad Culpepper and Eric Rett are also in there. I mean, got to be a unanimous, right? So, yeah. Got to be unanimous there. Um, congratulations to McCarthy. Could you, could, you, could you imagine, like, the guy that doesn't? There's going to be somebody that does it. You know, because yeah. they're going to talk about, you know, his NFL career. They're going to talk about his move to baseball. They're going to figure out some stupid reason why, right? There's always that one. Let's jump them. <laughs> <laughs> we'll send whoever had the best hands on the team. Yeah. Um, there was a, uh, somebody on Twitter asked us the other day who had the best hands on our podcast. I was wondering why they asked. I mean, I assumed it's a pretty obvious answer. But... I'm a peaceful guy, man. Yeah, no, I mean, I was talking about Nick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but congratulations to McCartney Kessler. Uh, she is an All-American for the third time, uh, women's tennis player. So congratulations uh, to her. Um, there is men's tennis that I need to get to as well because I know that they uh, also were All-Americans. Uh, but the screen that I had it pulled up on Silk just disappeared on me. I want to give a shout-out to Ben Shelton, uh, who was an All-American. I'm not finding the other, so we'll talk about it a little bit more next <laughs> week. Um, the article went away. So article went away. It happens, man. We got um, no interns. It's me and you today, man. Yeah. We, ain't got Nick, we ain't got the interns. We, like, we it's got just, nothing. Old school just with us. it, man. Just us. How we start. Um, well, so let's get uh, to the end of the show. I know you need to do a Manscaped ad read. So I'll do a quick alumni hall one. Then you do Manscaped. Then we'll take us out uh, for right. song of the week. Uh, as always, go visit alumnihall.com. Go visit the UF section. They are just a couple weeks away, a couple days away from announcing uh, the new Gators coaches polos, the new Nike polos, the new Jordan fit polos, and everything else that you're going to want for Father's Day, everything that you're going to want for the new upcoming season. So, again, go to alumnihall.com, toggle over to UF, or use this promo code on any of the, the 10, 15 different schools that they uh, work with. Use promo code SG20 for 20% off of your order. And thank you so much. They reached out to us the other day saying a bunch of you guys are using that. So continue to use that. It helps us continue to deliver great content for you. So Manscaped. Shout out to the great folks of Manscaped.com, man. I've been ball deodorant heavy, man. No sticky, no sticky action on my leg. Uh, everything's flowing. No hair down there. Everything's groomed to the T. Use the lawnmower 4.0 because I'm a cultured, you know, distinguished gentleman. I can't be walking around here looking like at Harry Larry. No, we got to get it together, fellas. Uh, use coupon code SG20 at checkout for 20% off of all man grooming needs at manscaped.com. Uh, they have the ear, weed whacker, new. If you got nose hair, they can take care of that as well. Uh, also have underwear, regular deodorant, body wash. Groom all yourself. Groom yourself. That's it. All right, Silk. Uh, we're going to take it back. I'll never forget the first time I had Song of the Week. I had. Uh, I think it's my song because because Nick oh, rocked yeah, yeah. me. I, I like right. Nick, I, yeah, Nick rocked Nick, me. Nick did one up you. That's right. So we'll save my Song of the Week for next week. Uh, Silk, take us out. I think you had the first ever Song of the Week, too. So it only makes sense. Already. I do want to give an extra shout out to my man, Alan. Uh, Alan from Alan at Horn. You know, oh, yeah, just, yeah. He sponsored. He helped us out with uh, with the Janoris interview as well, man. So shout out to my man Allen, uh, friend of the Stady Miguel show, friend friend of the network. Uh, let me get most deaf. 
Ooh. Traveling man. Most deaf traveling man. Nice little jingle. All right, boys. Well, just you. Cam's waiting. Um, producer Cam. Shout out producer Cam. He's been with us also since day one. Shout out uh, to Cam, it, man. It's been a an awesome three years. Excited to do at least three more years with you guys uh, as well. But we'll bring uh, Nick back next week. They're still in rain delay. Uh, looks like it's going to be at least after 8 p.m. So Nick got to the ballpark today at noon. Probably won't leave until 9 or 10. So oh, uh, Nick, God. we missed you. We missed you, and we'll get Scott Strickland on uh, in the next couple of weeks as well. But I so- know I, I know he's stressed out right now, man. <laughs> he's worried about the dogs. He yeah, doesn't have man. the girlfriend to take care of. Oh my goodness! He probably man. missed his Embers reservation. You know. No stadium, Miguel. Oh man. Well, Silk. So, we'll see you in the same corner, same time next week. Absolutely, man. Same corner, same time, man. Appreciate all the fans, all the love. Go Gators. Yeah, yo, yo, it's time to play leaving. Right, see you at the end, boy. This is the daily operation, my concentration They focused on my recitation About to reach my destination with no pause or hesitation Baby, make the preparation Cause this ain't no recreation This is pro ball And we letting you know, y'all At the show, y'all Doing this for dough, y'all Get the phone call And I'm ready to blow, y'all About to go, y'all Been a pleasure to know, y'all And I'm letting you know
pajamas on the stoop, leaning leisurely. The new jacks up in the park, hearing the rhythms. Easily taken for granted when you up in it, but it's sweet sinning. When you been down for a minute, move around city limits, break them down with the vintage. There ain't no winning. Classical B-boy image, collect the winners. Cause that's the reason that we came here. This thing is not a game here. The fortune, not the fame here. From New York to the Cadillacs, Cali in the Cadillac. Chicago, no, we innovate. Infiltrate Virginia State. DC, make me stimulate. Philly, no, we penetrate. Georgia, make us generate. Let's set a date to get the pace. They celebrate to my jams in foreign lands. Even your mans in Japan know who I am. Men are son, make everybody out in the pond. Say Ichiban, make God man, but where you get it from? Phenomenon, excuse me, that's a phone call. It's a show, y'all. Trying to get this dough, y'all. About to blow, y'all. Been a pleasure to know, y'all. And I'm letting you know I'm.